Thank you for joining us for the Local Church Podcast. At Local Church, we value each person's unique experience with faith and hope this message impacts you today. Hey, how you doing, Local Church? Hope that you are well. My name is Fillmore Bolds the third. There's three of us in my family. I like to believe I'm the most good-looking Fillmore in my family. You may have heard me say that before, or you may have not. But anyway, uh, I hail from New York City, C3NYC. Uh, we love your church. We love your pastors, uh, Pastor Levi and Nadia, uh, heroes of mine, friends of mine. And just consider me your chocolate uh, cousin from New York City. And you guys have been in a series called The Practice of Biblical Living. And I just think that is brilliant. Uh, and I love that because if we aren't living in uh, a line with what the scriptures teach, what are we doing? And uh, if I had a, uh, a title for today, um, uh, we're going to be in Matthew 28, verse uh, 16 to 20. And uh, I'll get to the title in just a moment. But this passage is called The Great Commission. It's uh, a passage that uh, really holds a lot of weight in uh, the Christian faith. It holds a lot of weight in the, the church, the local church, the universal church. It, it has held a lot of weight because it's one of the last words that Jesus actually says to his disciples. Jesus has now resurrected from the grave. He's appeared to the disciples to sort of prove to, to, to him that he was who he says he was, to prove to them that he is who he says he was. And this is one of those last sort of moments that he has with them. And uh, if I had a title for today, uh, I think I would title this Jesus and Purpose. Jesus and Purpose. Um, the reason I say Jesus and Purpose, because all of us are really longing and looking for uh, purpose in life. You're, whether you are, you're looking for purpose in your relationship, purpose in your marriage, purpose in your finances, purpose in uh, your mind, purpose in your future, pu- purpose. And I think that your purpose and my purpose and the person to the right and left of you's purpose, I think, uh, uh, I think that Jesus would make a claim today that your purpose is actually connected to uh, this scripture that I'm going to read today, uh, particularly those that are followers of Jesus watching this. In Matthew 28, verse 16, it says, uh, Then the eleven disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some of them doubted. I love that, by the way, because I love how human the scriptures are. When they saw Jesus, they worshipped him, but some of them doubted. Uh, that may be how some of you are right now, or maybe how some of you feel when you are uh, in person, because I know you guys just recently started meeting in person, or maybe you're tuning in online, and maybe you, you feel uh, like sometimes you're full of faith and sometimes you're doubting. I love it because even then, Jesus still appears to you and shows up, and the fact that you are doubting is actually not a hindrance to Jesus appearing in your life. Verse 18 says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority, not just some authority, all authority in heaven and earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure of this. I am with you even to the end, even to the end of the age. I want you to just imagine and kind of humanize this uh, for a minute that a friend that you knew who was dead and came back to life and the first words that he says to you is, okay, now that I'm alive, uh, 
I need you to understand that I have been given all authority. <laughs> all authority, not some authority. All authority. And I think this part is important because, as I said, this passage is historically uh, known as the Great Commission. But we actually can't get to the commission until we actually first uh, sit and deal with this claim that Jesus makes. Jesus is claiming that he has all authority. What is authority? I'm glad that you asked. The, the word authority here is the Greek word exousia. And essentially what it means is uh, the, the right to rule or the right to govern or the right to authorize, the right to command. And essentially it's the right to command in relation to the state of being or the present condition of the person that has the authority. So Jesus is saying, okay, because of who I am right now, as someone who has been victor over death, been victor over sin, been victor over hell, I have been given all authority. You can't simply move past that claim. <laughs> like, what do we do with it? Like, Jesus comes to them and says, okay, I have, a, like, if someone comes to you and says that, and they also are God, i.e. Jesus, you have to listen. Right? Like, it's, it's like your parents, your parents have authority in your life in relation to who they are, because that's a God-given responsibility to be a parent. So Jesus is saying, listen, I have been given all authority. How much authority does he have? All of it. Where does he, where does his authority stop? No, we're in heaven and in earth. His authority presides over every continent, every country, every nation, every city, every, every people group, every ethnicity. And I love it because when I say this, some of you are like, man, I've had bad experiences with authority. I've, I've had bad experiences with people. Maybe they've had authority over my life or the right to rule or govern or to command. Can I tell you that Jesus is not like those people that you've had experience with? This is a God that is perfectly holy. He's perfectly faithful. He's perfectly loving. He is gracious. He has all power. He has access to all information of your life, of all of humanity ills and, and, and secrets and, and just the, 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 the darkest thing, but yet he loves us unconditionally so much so that he would go to the cross to die for the sins of the world. And at the cross, he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And this is the one who's saying, listen, I have all authority. Abraham Kuyper, who's a Dutch theologian, he says this, there's not a square inch in the whole domain of our human existence over which Christ, who is sovereign over all, does not cry, mine. Mine. Jesus ultimately looks at the world. He looks at Ottawa. He looks at your life. He, he looks at your, your marriage. He, he looks at your parenting. He looks at your finances. He, he, looks at, he looks at every single thing in your life. And he says, you know what? Hey, I want to tell you something. I have been given not just some, but all authority. I want to submit to you, though, today that maybe, just maybe, in my life, and here in New York City, and in your uh, great city, the city of Iowa, uh, Iowa, not Iowa, Ottawa. Iowa is a state in the United States. Uh, in Ottawa, uh, I want to submit to you today that potentially in our culture today that we have an authority crisis. 
Because what we've tried to do is we've tried to take the authority that is ultimately given to God and we've tried to govern our own lives with it. We've basically said Jesus, or we haven't even acknowledged it, we've, but we've, un, we've, we've said, you know what, um, Jesus, you've created me, but I'm not necessarily going to align my life I'm not necessarily going to obey or heed your words. And because we have an authority crisis, I believe that we have a confusion of purpose. We have a confusion of purpose because we have a crisis of authority. Because here's the thing, the the, the purpose of my life actually flows in the direction of the authority that I trust. There's a confusion around the purpose of our sexuality. There's a confusion around the purpose of our finances, our work life, because it's Jesus ultimately that we don't give the ultimate authority of our life. But he is the one that has the right to rule and govern and command our lives, not ourselves. So whenever I find myself resistant to living out the practice of biblical living, like you guys have been learning out, Ultimately, what I am doing is I'm saying that I actually have the ultimate authority over my life, how to live my life, how to govern my life, how to do my relationships. I am the one that has the ultimate authority, but actually that's not the case. Jesus did. In Colossians 1, 16, verse 20, it says this, For by him all things were created in heaven, on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. And through him to reconcile all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. For in him, the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And that is the person that's looking at you today as a disciple. And he's saying, I have been given all authority. So the question today, honestly, when you look at your life, when you look at your marriage, when you look at your future, when you look at your work, when you look at your sexuality, when you look at your identity, the question is not what, what is the purpose? That's not the first question. The first question is who ultimately has the authority of my life? And it's when I get the the, the, the order mixed up is when I find com- confusion. Now, what does this have to do with, 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 with purpose? Well, it has everything to do with purpose because you and I are called to be disciples. We're called to be disciples or followers of Jesus. Jesus says, go and make disciples. Jesus came to his disciples and he said, go and make disciples. And the disciple or discipleship is simply someone who aligns their whole lives in sync with the purpose of God. Verse 19 says this, therefore, go and make disciples. The last words of Jesus. So it would seem as if it's important. Now, I, I love this because if I'm Jesus, right, and I had just been crucified unjustly and beaten and, 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 and maligned and, and treated unfairly and I come out of the grave, like the first thing that I'm doing when I get the disciples is, I'm great, great, let's create a resistance army. Let's go after it. Let's go to Pontius Pilate. Let's go to the people that turned their back on me. Let's, let's just, but no, Jesus doesn't do that. He graciously gives them a commission. Therefore, go and make disciples. Now, I got to ask you a question. What is a disciple? <laughs> right? Because we, like, we, we don't really use that that language, like it's not language that we use in our common vernacular. Like, I don't know how often you said it or how often you use that language, but it's not, uh, it's not language that we use often. Now, I want to read a definition um, 
uh, of disciples. It says this, uh, students of rabbis or followers committed to memorizing and living according to their master's teaching. Uh, a disciple is someone who is following Jesus, being changed by Jesus, and is committed to the mission of Jesus. But what's so fascinating about this is uh, in, the, in the first century or during the time of Jesus' life and also throughout history, that, that disciple or being a disciple, it's not like unique to the Christian faith. Like that's what I used to think. I used to think, okay, disciple, that's what, that's what Christians do. No, but di- like Jesus wasn't the only one that had disciples. You know that, right? Like John had disciples. The Pharisees had disciples. If you know anything about Greek philosophy, Plato and Socrates had disciples, which let me know that all of us and all of humanity is being discipled by something or someone. The question is, whose disciple will you be? Why? Because all of us today are following someone. And a disciple quite simply could be classified as a learner. A learner. Now, when I know when I say that, you think, oh, you know, someone's maybe sitting down in the classroom or... No, no, no. A learner... Uh, not, not in that sense. It, it's maybe more equivalent to an apprentice today. And one of the, the, the greatest sort of compliments that you could have gotten in the first century if you were a, 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 a disciple of a, of a particular rabbi is that you were actually clothed in the dust of your rabbi. There was this intimacy. Now, some of you right now today, you're like, man, you know what? I don't know if I can do this. I've just been new to faith. I'm, I'm new to local church. I haven't been around like, or, you know, I, I've just, I got to get back in my rhythm. This COVID thing kind of got me off my, but, but here is the good news. The scriptures say in John 15 that you did not choose Jesus. Jesus chose you. <laughs> so maybe today you're feeling like, you know what? I am not up for this. I can't do this. I can't really make disciples or I can't necessarily follow Jesus. I'm telling you, here's some good news that you can. Why? Because Jesus chose you and he called you to bear much fruit. Every single person is called to go and make disciples. Now, basically what he's saying is, okay, you today at local church watching this, what I want you to do is I want you to orient your life. I want you to give your life to helping people follow Jesus. I like, I want you to do it. Now, it's so fascinating because sometimes, like, if you're anything like me, you read the scriptures and, like, you're really good at personalizing some and ignoring others. Right? You know, Philippians 4, 13, I can do all things through Christ. Yeah, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to claim that. You know, that, that's, that's, that's me. You know, I can do all things through Christ. Yep. That's me. Yep, peace that surpasses all understanding. Lord, you keep those in perfect peace. All whose minds are fixed on you, that's mine. I'm the head and not the tail. Yep, that's mine. I'm going to claim that. But then there comes a scripture like Matthew 28 when Jesus comes to your life and he says, okay, this is what I want you to do. I want you to, to, to go and make disciples. Oh, you know, that's just for like the leaders or that's just for a few or that's just for like, you know, the pastors. I don't know if that's necessarily... No, no, no. This is for every single person that is a follower of Jesus, because every single person that is a follower of Jesus has the purpose of making disciples. Now, where does this happen? Because sometimes you can kind of think that, oh, maybe it only happens in the context of 
when I'm gathered at church or in the context of my, my small group or my connect group. Well, well, the scripture says, Jesus, go. I love that. Go and make something. Like the, the original language, that simply means the as you go. So wherever you go, you are a witness for Christ. Wherever you go, your example matters. Wherever you, as you go, as you go, where are you going? Where you work? Where you work, your example matters. Where you play, you go to the gym, you go to, you go work out, go to the cafe, you go to the concert, where, where you live. I want to just shout out the parents, by the way, shout out to all the parents of local church. You guys are so encouraging, so inspiring to me because your example of really um, helping your kids learn the scriptures, pray, and just, just understand who got it, that is just so, so impactful to me. Uh, and I'm just really, really encouraged uh, by that. But it's as you go. So on the go, where you work, where you play, on that Zoom call, or in the cafe, or as you're playing basketball, every single uh, uh, area of our life, so often what we do is we compartmentalize, and then we, we got our Christian life, then we got our work life, and then we got our gym life, and then we got our, you know, our, our weekend life, and we got all these different hats. But there's only one hat that you wear, and that hat is the disciple hat. <laughs> Everywhere you go, you are a reflection of Jesus. I remember one time uh, when I was uh, in sixth grade, in sixth grade, a uh, little throwback time here today, throwback Sunday. Uh, I played ball and I hurt my knee. And because I hurt my knee, I had to walk with a little bit of a limp because of the pain and the soreness and what was happening in my knee. Now, um, so I'm walking around school that day with a limp. Now, my brother also happened to go to the same school and he was in the fifth grade. I'm in the sixth grade. Sorry. He was in kindergarten. He was five years old. He was in kindergarten. I'm in the sixth grade. We're six years apart. Our birthday's on the same day, by the way, which is awesome. But essentially, there's this fascinating thing that happened once, right? So I'm walking through the halls, limping and things and doing all the things. Next thing I know, school ends. I get on the bus and I see my brother peering out the window because sixth graders were let out first. He gets out and I look at my brother as he walks through the doors of Hell Creek Elementary in Detroit, Michigan. And I'll never forget it. My little brother, he's just limping. <laughs> I'm like, he's, li he's, he's limping, but I know that there's nothing wrong with his knee. And what's so fascinating, I didn't even see him that day, but he must have saw me maybe in the hallway or in the lunch break or, or something. And he saw me walking with a limp, so he followed the example that he saw. Did you know that people are watching our lives and they're following that example? Paul says this in, in 1 Corinthians 11, he says, follow me as I follow Christ. Can I ask you a question? What do people say about Jesus by how you respond to people that disagree with you. What do people believe about Jesus by how you live with, with your finances? Are you open-handed? Are you generous? What do they believe about? What do people, are you big-spirited? 
Do you, do you celebrate others? Because people look at your life and because you say you are a follower of Jesus, you are the, 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 the face of Christ in their life. So where you go, where you work, where you live is an example in Jesus' name. So how does this happen? This happens not simply in the context of being isolated. This happens in the community because he's talking to 12 people and their direct sort of response to this was to go and to plant churches. So it's not just isolated. No, it's in the context of community. They didn't just kind of go out and kind of do their own thing when Jesus said to them. No, they did this together. And this is a beautiful part. You and I, we follow Jesus and we help others follow Jesus in the context of community. That's why I love your name, local church. You guys are believing for it. Just, you know, more ground in Toronto and other parts of Canada. I love it because this following Jesus is not a solo adventure. It's a group project that we do together. So how do we actually live this out? We do it together. When uh, I kind of invite you into my world and say, hey, you know what? I need prayer for this. I need, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be a better example in this. Or, hey, how do you do this? How do you parent? Like, I'm, I'm trying to uh, kind of raise my kids in the way of the Lord. Or I'm looking to honor God in my finances in this way. You, you, you kind of do it together. It's not simply a task isolated to, 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 to individuals. It's an identity given to a community. This is who we are. So we do it also through baptizing, immersing. Shout out to local church. I'm believing that there's going to be so many people that are baptized and baptism really speaks of an immersion into a new identity in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So you and I are called to help immerse people in a new name, a new identity. So much of the world is trying to label us and claim for us an identity that Christ has not given us. And I think this is great. So when you see people in your world or in your life that maybe aren't reflecting the, the ways of Christ, you, can, you and I get to tell them, hey, you know what? That's not how, that's not how we roll. That's not how we roll in the family of God. The second, and, and also, so we do this through, through community, we do this through baptizing. And we also through, do this through teaching. Says, teach them to obey all that I have commanded. All have I commanded. So part of our purpose is to help people immerse themselves in a new identity through water baptism, also to help really just shape who, who, how they see themselves, how they view themselves. And uh, it's on the go. It's as we go. Uh, it's, it's, it's in the context of community, but it's also helping teach others. Some of you are like, you know what? I don't teach people to obey. I don't know much about scripture. I don't know much about this Jesus thing. That's okay. Just teach, teach what you know, <laughs> like teach what you've learned. Like, like you've learned something, right? Like, like, like your life, or you've seen someone's life being changed by Jesus, and you know that, man, God is faithful. You can teach that. See, the word teach there is to cause to learn. See, you teach what you've learned. What have you learned? You've been sitting here every single Sunday listening to sermons on restful living, listening to sermons on uh, 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 kingdom finances and prayer. You, you've learned something. So you now, what you learn, you can teach. Teach what you learn. Teach what you're learning. I want to encourage you to uh, get on a, a devotional Bible plan. I know that some of you uh, at the start of the year did uh, the 30-day Bible in 30 days, which, commend you guys are amazing. So teach what you're learning. Wh whatever you're learning, 
What are you, so not only do you teach what you learned, teach what you learned. What has God shown you in your quiet time? What has God shown you in your devotional time? What, what, what is that podcast? Whatever you're learning, God has given that to you, not just so it can live with you. No, so you can help other people live. Teach with your life. Your life matters. We kind of talked about that earlier, but your life matters. Your life matters. So you teach what you're learning. You teach what uh, you've learned and you teach with your life. Your example, your example, your example matters. And as people look at your life, as people, as you help people connect their lives and their story to the way of Jesus, they will be blessed and they will follow Jesus. The comfort is this. Jesus, I will be with you. I love this because the future of your church is every single individual not seeing themselves simply as a consumer, but no, as seeing themselves as a contributor to making this world more like Jesus. Every single person at your church, that is their call. All the future of local church is actually contingent upon each and every single person catching a revelation that they're not just someone that's attending church or not just maybe coming to church simply to be motivated or inspired, although that is great and I love to be motivated and inspired. No, they are coming to church so that they can make a difference in this life. And, and Jesus says, as you commit your life to that, to helping other people follow Jesus, he says this, I will be with you always into the end of the age. I got to tell you, man, there's been so many times in my life where I've said, you know what, man, I'm not really sensing the presence of God. I'm not really sensing the thing. And actually, if I was to kind of trace that, so often I'm making life just about me, my, my, my. But I found when I actually step out of my comfort zone and maybe invite someone church or share my faith with them or try to teach them or try to live a life of example or just try to be a bit more courageous about my faith and I actually pray for it and I get outside of my comfort zone that's when I begin to experience his presence it's in the context here of Jesus saying go and make disciples that he also promises them comfort that he was going to be with them to the end of the age so I came to tell you not only do you have a call and a commission. No, you have the comfort of his presence. See, the greatest gift that you could ever have is the presence of Jesus in your life. So I want to invite you into this journey to, to begin this, this, this life of purpose, this life of living life as a disciple of Jesus. But the first step to living a life for Jesus is living a life with Jesus. If you look at Mark chapter 3, verse 14, it says that Jesus called the disciples or he called his followers to first be with him. And I wanted to tell you today that your primary call in life is to be with Jesus, that you're doing and everything that I just said, it actually flows out of your being with Jesus. You're spending time with him. And maybe you're looking at this today and you're like, I didn't even know that that was possible. A relationship with Jesus. Can I tell you, a relationship with Jesus is the best relationship that you could ever make. And I made this decision over 10 years ago, this, 10 years ago, exactly this, this, this month. It's been the best decision I would ever make. And I want to invite you today, in the sound of my voice, that your purpose the first purpose that you have is actually to be with Jesus. The first purpose that every single the first purpose that every single person has is to be with Jesus and be in relationship with Jesus. So if you want to make that decision today, I want to invite you into it. It says this 
in, in John 8, verse 12, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. As you spend time being with Jesus, you'll begin to experience his light. And his light is one that leads to life. And I'm believing that can be just the word over your life. So maybe today you're watching this and you want to make a decision to begin to follow Jesus. The first call is to come follow me and to be with him, be in relationship with him, be in relationship with his word, be in relationship in prayer, connect yourself to local community. So today is the day that you can start that. Maybe you can make the decision for the first time, or maybe you can make the decision, uh, a recommitment today. So right where you are, you can just lift your hand, you can respond in your heart, or you can click the button in the chat or, or, or follow the instructions on the screen. And I'm just going to pray with you, pray for you right now as you respond. Lord, I thank you for every single person. Lord, I thank you for local church. I thank you just for uh, the future of this church. Thank you, God, that they will make a difference. God, thank you, God, that they are disciples. God, thank you that they in their parenting or in their relationships and all of their life, they will make a difference because they will commit to living a life that follows after you. So Lord, I pray for every single person now that is making a decision to, to, to follow you, to be with you, to, to start this relationship with Jesus so they can begin to, to help others. So Lord, thank you, God, that you've sought them, you've saved them, now seal this moment by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I love you, local church. You guys are the best. Praying that this is the best end of your summer and that God just does amazing things uh, in and through your lives uh, in Jesus' name. So love you and hope to visit you in Ottawa soon. We are so glad you joined us for the Local Church Podcast. To get connected, please follow us on social media and check out our website for groups and other ways to get involved.